morning, good afternoon, and good evening. You are listening to the Old Blokes Music Podcast, and this is podcast number 84, a favourite special. So I mentioned a favourites podcast. Well, you're probably thinking, isn't that what all your podcasts are about, surely? Perhaps, perhaps not. This, though, I thought would do something a bit different. I've gone through my records, cassettes, compact discs, you name it, and I've plucked out um, six albums that either had a major impact on me or I love in their entirety, had a profound effect on me or whatever, and I'll be selecting a track from each of them. And then I selected six individual tracks from other sources once again, that these individual tracks had some kind of monumentous effect on me or whatever, and I'll be explaining why and whatever. So, uh, we're going to kick off with a standalone track that was recorded in 1956, and I remember hearing most Sunday late afternoons, early evenings, as my dad would refuse to watch religious programmes would therefore turn off the television set and uh, fire up the stereo and uh, go through his records. Like I say, I was I was probably six, seven years old when I heard this tune for the first time. And even though it's just like a simple 50s pop song, shall we say, and it's been covered by numerous people, and this isn't the original version, but this is the version that I'm familiar with, um, it it's just stuck with me ever since. As soon as I hear it, or any version of it, it takes me back to being a, a very young boy in my parents' front room in Barron Road in Chelmsford. And uh, it conjures up images of Sunday afternoon tea, you know, sandwiches, crisps, you name it, all that sort of stuff. And a very kind of cosy, safe, secure young childhood I suppose so um, it's always meant probably a lot more to me than I've ever realised until I've got older so as I say 1956 the artist is Guy Mitchell and the song is Singing the Blues Singing the blues 
singing the blues. I'd like to point out um, before I go too much further. I'm not playing the tunes in the order that I would have heard them. Um, but I'm going to, apart from the very last tune, I'm going to play the tunes in the order they were released. So the oldest tune, bar the last one, you're going to hear first. And then they will be in some kind of chronological order up to the penultimate track. And then after that, I'm going to play the oldest one. So there you go. 1956, Guy Mitchell singing the blues from, as I recall, an album called Singing the Blues. Um, there are going to be two pieces of instrumental music in this podcast. One, like a standard, sort of like three, three and a half minutes long. The other, which will be the last one, is somewhat longer than that. Um, there's... Only one cover version, if if I if I remember correctly, I don't know. My mind's a bit foggy now, but um, just giving you a heads up on some of them facts. Anyway, next tune from 1963. Guess there's no use in hanging round. Guess I'll get dressed and do the town I'll find some crowded avenue Though it will be empty without you Can't get used to losing you no matter what I try to do Gonna live my whole life through Loving you Call up some girl After I heard her say hello I couldn't think of anything to say Since you're gone it happens every day Can't get used to losing you No matter what I try to do Gonna live my whole life through Loving you Only me Cause no one else could take your place Guess that I am just a hopeless case Can't get used to losing you No matter what I try to do Gonna live my whole life through Loving you Andy Williams, the King of Cool or the Knight of Naff. For me, the King of Cool. Can't get used to losing you. Originally released by him in 1963, and uh, 20 years later, the beat, or if you're in the, in uh, America, the English beat, um, 
done a cover of it that got into the top 10 perhaps even the top five i'm trying to remember now but um can't get used to losing you a tune i remember first hearing once again being very very young and uh that was in the days before my parents had a radio turntable and cassette all built into one so there used to be a separate cassette player that you would hardwire into the stereo so you could listen to cassettes and one of my parents probably my mum uh, had a best of andy williams cassette and i distinctly remember the the casing obviously you had the clear front but the rest of it which normally always used to be black in them days was like a um orangey red like a tomato sort of red um and i'm trying to think i definitely born free was on there i can't remember if moon river was but um i always remember loving that particular song can't get used to losing you and when you're a kid it's a young kid the the meanings and whatever of songs is often lost on you but it's got a lovely harmony it's easy to sing along to and probably once again as you get older and you start to listen back to songs and you think yeah i can identify with mr williams there definitely right next one up and this is the first of the for me one of the most complete albums and that's why it's gonna be played or a track from it is gonna be played now sit back and enjoy Cause I 
Fab Four, the Beatles, John, Paul, George and Ringo, or in this case, George, John, Paul and Ringo, a song written by George Harrison and backed up by uh, John and Paul on harmonies from the album in 19, uh, from 1965, Rubber Soul. For me, I know Sergeant Pepper always seems to come out on top in polls and so does Revolver, but for me, Rubber Soul is... I'm pretty, I would almost put my house on it that it is my favourite Beatles LP. It is that point where they left behind Love Me Do, etc. and were really starting to get experimental. I mean, it's got the wonderful Norwegian wood on it. I mean, that there's no way that could have appeared on earlier albums. I mean the song you just heard think for yourself it's got fantastic fuzz bass going through it played by mccartney i mean it's got the tunes in my life uh what goes on girl nowhere man drive my car michelle i mean it is quite a mix of different styles and tastes but for me it is a complete album i'll put it on and even what goes on sung by ringo i will leave that on um you know it's it's just for me one of the most perfect albums I think I've ever heard. And like I say, that was 1965, four years before I was born, and two years after Andy Williams's Can't Get Used to Losing You. Right, we're now going to uh, step forward a year to 1966. <laughs> Oh, 
quietly confident I don't have to tell you who that was but I will anyway that was Otis Redding and the tune Try a Little Tenderness released 1966 just over 12 months before his early passing and for me the first time I ever heard that tune Try a Little Tenderness and I, I, I couldn't give you the date the time or anything but even now as I listen to it the emotions and the reactions I get when I hear that song haven't changed it's a slow slightly brooding mournful start that builds and builds and builds until as we get towards the last third of the song Otis really comes alive with his gospel soulful sound and he's as I'm talking I'm getting goose pimples because it just that 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 tune that artist just touches me so much because you just feel it and that is what soul music's all about it's all about the feel how it moves you how it touches you and such a tragic loss to music the man that who covered the stones satisfaction and keith richards said he preferred Otis's version to his own bands because he wanted his band to do the version that Otis done but they couldn't do it such a great talent he go on YouTube watch live footage of him normally backed by Booker T and the MGs with Steve Cropper on guitar and the man was six foot one two twenty pounds something like that sweating like a lunatic but the the pure joy and soulfulness and love coming out of his voice you've got to be stone cold dead not to be touched by that really you have to be next up another tune from one of my in my opinion most complete albums and this album was released the year I was born, 1969. When the day is done, down to earth and sinks the sun. Along with everything that was lost and won When the day is done When the day is done Hope so much your race will be alright Then you find you jump the gun Have to go back where you began When the day is done When the night is come some get by, but some get old Just to show life's not made of gold When the night is cold When the bird is flown Got no one to call your own 
talent that was Nick Drake from his first solo album Five Leaves Left that came out in 1969 through to 1972 he released three in my opinion in my opinion almost perfect albums and that's all he left he passed away not long after his third album various recordings have surfaced since but the three albums five leaves left brighter later from 1970 and pink moon from 72 Uh, anyone who's had a recording career of 10 20 30 years or whatever i would like to think would be more than happy with writing songs of that quality in that 10 20 30 years time span you know, he his music is either him on his own with a heavily detuned guitar or it's him with members of Fairport Convention. Some of it has Robert Kirby orchestrating bits and pieces like on the track you just heard, Day Is Done. And it's just so damn perfect, in my opinion, anyway. Probably the saddest thing about the three studio albums he recorded is they pretty much highlight and chart his descent into chronic depression and in time his passing as it's been well chronicled the fact that uh, the difference between his first album and his last album pink moon his guitar playing wasn't as crisp and as bright his voice wasn't as light it's it's probably a hard listen for some people but at the same time it's it sounds so simplistic but you know i'm in total awe of his guitar playing his writing and light otis reading it's it moves me it touches me it just has such a good effect on me as it does thousands and thousands and thousands of other people the word genius is banded about and i don't know if i'm going to use genius in nick's case he was definitely uh, in the tortured soul mold definitely but I'd say three very short albums 
very short career. I, I, I defy you to pick one of his albums and say, I didn't like it. Right, we're now going forward two years to 1971. And this is the first of the instrumentals. Beautiful Cavatina by John Williams. 
probably the first piece of instrumental music I ever heard and thought this is one of the best things I've ever heard. Comparisons are often drawn with um, the music from the gallery, from the children's TV show, Take Heart and Tony Heart and Vision On and all these sort of things. But that guitar playing is just exquisite. And it was used to great effect, that piece of music, as we all know, in the film The Deer Hunter, seven or eight years later. But for me, just, like I say, it is a perfect piece of music. And if I'm feeling reflective, it's almost like there's a film running in my head and it conjures up images or images come to mind, should I say. It's probably more apt and more correct. And... Is this another form of soul music? Because it certainly touches me and moves me in a way that other music doesn't. <sighs> anyway, two years later, this um, piece, next piece of music you're going to hear came out on an album that, for me, is another example of a complete album. An album that just no matter what it just for me is perfect it just <sighs> listen to it and i'll tell you a bit more about it afterwards I ride a GS scooter with my haircut knee I wear my wartime coat 
Townsend, Roger Daltrey, John Entwistle, and the wonderful Keith Moon. From the album Quadrophenia, originally written as a rock opera and uh, released in 1973, um, I was only, what, four when that came out, and I discovered that album more via the, the Who's Quadrophenia film that, come, that was made 70s. 78 and released 78, 79. I didn't see the film until about 
82, 83, something like that. Um, but... I'll be honest, if someone had put the, the album in my hand first, it wouldn't have ticked the boxes, even though at that time I liked the really early Who stuff, like my generation, and I can't explain anyway, anyhow, anywhere, etc., etc. The, the, the later Who stuff kind of passed me by because it was just too, too rock, and it wasn't enough mod for me, if that makes sense. But obviously you see the film Quadrophenia and when I saw it I was totally into the whole mod ethic and mod ideals and etc etc and it seems that um, a lot of diehard mods and those in the know say it isn't really a fair representation but for a young 13, 14 year old it certainly captured my imagination and it brought that whole album to life for me. I mean, it's got so many great tracks on it, and it it works as a whole album, as obviously concept albums should, but I think even standalone tracks, like the one I've just played, I've had enough, If, if that, that would work on its own without being in the context of a rock opera. Um, and it was followed by the track 515, um, Hence the the sound of the the train right at the end of that that song. But um, it is such a good good album, and it tells the story of this young mod Jimmy Cooper with split personality disorder, who's into the whole scooters dancing pill popping scene of the sixties. Um, Pete's own story on based upon people he knew and had met at that time. And um, it's, oh, I don't know, it's, 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 it's one of them things. I mean, I always remember the, the tune, what was it? Um, Born Too Late by The Ponytails. I always remember hearing that. And my mum come in the room and she said, that's your tune, that is. That's you, Born Too Late. Because I was so into the music from the 60s compared to a lot of the stuff that was at that time, the, the relevant stuff that was coming out. But, you know, it's it, that, that film and that album really lit a fire inside me and kind of helped me find myself, if that sounds about right, or identified with certain people and characters and whatever it's just such a good film such a great album and the soundtrack album which is like some odd bits and pieces by like chiffons and james brown that works in its own entirety and um if it hadn't been for the next band you're going to hear i would probably have never ever listen to Quadrophenia. The next track is, in my opinion, another complete album, along with uh, The Who and Quadrophenia and The Beatles and Rubber Soul. And like I say, this was from 1979, this next track. It's funny how you never knew what my name was Our only contact was a form for the election Fine that we're out of touch. Please don't. 
was going to emerge at some point or other and there he goes his first band the jam uh, from the album setting suns recorded and re- or rather released in 1979 10 track album uh, comprising uh, a cover version of uh, martha reeves and the vandellas heatwave um a reworking of a b-side of an earlier single and um a couple of uh, throwaway by his own mission throwaway tracks written to order in an office at Polydor Records while he was under the cosh to come up with the goods for an album um, but this album again um, one of the so called throwaway tracks Girl on the Phone the opening track uh, he sings about fam- fandom and uh, how even at that time, I'd say 1979, he had people who were trying to peer through his windows into his flat that he had in London at the time and all this sort of stuff and how it was doing his head in. Um, the, the, the whole album was originally going to be a concept album based upon three people 
and how they kind of all went their own ways and it didn't kind of pan out with that. Well, some of the themes have remained, like Thick as Thieves, uh, Burning Sky, um, probably Saturday's Kids to a certain extent, Eaton Rifles to another that's on that album. Um, that particular track you just heard though, Little Boy Soldiers, I just remember the first time I ever heard that, I was like, oh my God. I mean, I didn't hear it when it first came out, I would have been 10, I heard it a few years later. And um, at that time, I, I don't want to get all heavy and political or whatever, but England was going through a lot of changes. And I was like, I weren't a second wave mod, I was a second wave jam fan. And people were talking about how, how Paul Weller was a spokesman for his generation. And he didn't like that tag, but he was singing about things that, mattered to people he wasn't offering solutions he was probably quite rightly cast as sitting on the fence but he was at least addressing problems rather than turning a blind eye to it and spawning around uh, the Maldives or wherever in some fancy yacht you know he was picking up on things that was really annoying people and getting under their skin and that particular tune little boy soldiers where it touches upon the fact that uh unknown to to the government until they go to war and then suddenly you get a letter saying we need you and um having to do things against your wishes because basically it's what's expected of you not just by your your, your country or your government but by the people upon you you know and uh, the the closing lines about better to take your shots down, uh, take better to take your shots and drop down dead, and uh, being sent home in a pine overcoat with a note addressed to your mum, saying finding clothes, one son, one medal, and a note to say he won. And I say, I, I mean, I was what thirteen, fourteen when I heard that. Paul Weller was twenty, twenty one when he wrote that. And it still staggers me that someone of that age can write quite biting and insightful lyrics and be prepared to jeopardise their own career as a musician by saying, this is the situation, this is what I care about. It's always left me kind of, um, and always will do leave me in some degree of awe of my ex. Anyway, we're now moving forward to 1982 and a cover version. And um, I'll play it, you listen to it, and then I'll talk about it afterwards. Take me to talk 
by Elvis Costello and featuring on his 1983 Punch the Clock LP is the tune Shipbuilding. Since then it's been covered by at least Suede and featured on the War Child Help album from 95 but what you just heard was Robert Wyatt and his version of it that was actually put out as a single in 1982. Now for the life of me I cannot tell you how the hell or when the hell I first heard that tune but that version the Robert White version that came out on Rough Trade um, for me that is the ultimate version of it even though he's covering it it's, there's just something about his voice and, and again probably the subject matter I mean when he brought it out in 82 um that was hot on the hills or around the time of the Falklands War. Um, he wasn't singing it as in a, a rebel rousing, come on, let's go and beat the Argentines. Definitely not. Definitely, definitely not. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure if I remember correctly, he done it on the weekly TV show Top of the Pops. Uh, there's certainly footage of if you go on YouTube yet again, type in Robert Wyatt shipbuilding. Um, you'll see him on stage. Uh, Robert, formerly of Soft Machine, um, former drummer of Soft Machine, uh, ended up having a accident and could no longer play drums. And since branched out into other areas of music and playing other instruments. Um, he he does this performance of shipbuilding like a white middle-aged Che Guevara, I think is the only way to describe it, with kind of like an army greens jacket and 
the beret, a wispy beard whilst in a wheelchair is um, quite a, you know, I don't, I don't remember seeing it at that time, but I can imagine it, it would have been quite a disturbing sight for some people. But um, his voice really, really brings something to that tune and another one of those standalone tunes for me personal favorites that from the moment i very first heard it i loved it um i just can't i don't say all other versions of it just pile into insignificance for me they really really do roberts for me is the best version and uh i've never tired of it and i still play it to this day and long may that continue. Right, we're leaping forward three years to 1985. And for me, another example of a complete album. And not only is it a complete album, it's a debut album. Horses are on the track. They 
So picture the scene. It's a late Friday afternoon, early evening in 1985 in the winter. I'm in the uh, wimpy hamburger bar in Chelmsford High Street with my uh, fellow friend, co-worker, Steve. We've each got a bag in our hands. We're about to go off to uh, night school as part of our apprenticeship. And uh, in our bags, I have... This is Big Audio Dynamite by Big Audio Dynamite. And I say to Steve, what you got? He owns his bag. And he pulls out the bag as if it's the Holy Grail himself. Itself. A compilation. Bill Withers, just the two of us. What the hell is that? Says I. And he said, it's better than what you got. With time. I've really grown to love Bill Withers, I have to say. But uh, Big Audio Dynamite, again, I can't really explain how, when or why I got into them, or I found them. I I do distinctly remember seeing them on the old grey whistle test on television. And uh, they they were filmed doing a uh, sound check at the Town and Country Club in Camden in London and they'd done a version of Prince's 1999. I was aware Mick Jones of The Clash was in Big Audio Dynamite. Uh, I didn't recognise the other dudes. Don't forget this is pre-internet days. Very much pre-internet days. As it turns out, one of the other members is a certain Don Letts who uh, famously um, photographed and chronicled the Clash's career. Uh, another member is a young man by the name of Dan Donovan, whose father is none other than Terence Donovan, famous 60s fashion photographer, the same man who um, overlooked uh, the, the videos for Robert Palmer's Addicted to Love and Simply Irresistible. So there's some kind of musical pedigree going on here, but there was just something about this band, this album, 
that kind of grasped me. I wasn't into hip-hop. Weren't my bag. But the fact it was um, real music, you know, made with real instruments, organic guitars, drums, etc., etc., etc. But with samples as well. It just really, really grabbed me. And so that, that first album by Big Audio Dynamo, um, that I was 16, like I say, I'd just left school. Just left, just left school, gone out into the big wide world. And um, it really, really did catch my imagination. And uh, the lead single from that album, The Bottom Line, the tune you just heard, failed miserably on the charts. But um, for a while, they were my, my favourite band, my new favourite band, or whatever you want to call them. But, uh, I mean, they went from Big Audio Dynamite, Dynamite to just simply be called uh, BAD or BAD. Um, but pff, I will be forever thankful to Mick Jones for introducing me to Big Audio Dynamite. So, um, there you go. Right, we're going to have one more, and uh, then we've got the final, the final piece. So the next one is another, in my opinion, complete album. And this complete album came out the year after Big Audio Dynamite's debut, and this also is a debut album. intention to play uh, predominantly slower pieces of music it's just the way it panned out but uh, 
the last tune you just heard, Anxious, by the House Martins from their debut album from 1986, London, Nil Hull 4, certainly isn't a slowy. Um, I'm, I'm trying to, my, my memory's a bit sketchy. I can't remember if I, I'm guessing I bought this album um, after the release of the single Happy Hour. Uh, the, ha- the the single happy hour uh, features if you've never seen it the video features claymation of the band um it's a very up very jolly sort of uh, tune um but the rest of it certainly i'm not saying it isn't up it's certainly up in a lot of places jolly mm, that's questionable um the the, the house martins were quite uh, political or actively political, should I say. And they did touch upon political subjects, um, one member of which, Paul Heaton, or as he was known back then, Paul uh, P.D. Heaton, went on to uh, form uh, the Beautiful South. Other members included Stan Cullimore on guitar, and uh, probably what caught my eye more than anything was that Stan played a Rickenbacker, and I am a bit of a sucker for a Rickenbacker. Um... On drums, the original drummer was Hugh Whittaker, who uh, left and was replaced by a man called Dave Ramtree, as I believed. And the bassist was some guy called Norman, who um, he'd done a few things afterwards. Um, something fat boy slim or other, he he became. I don't know. You may have heard of him. But, um, yeah, it was... Um, they they didn't dress like rock stars, you know. They they might have had polo shirts. They tended to have a, a, a fancy for cardigans, and um, <laughs> they certainly weren't trendsetters. They but they it's what made them stand apart. The fact that uh, as on that tune, every member could sing, and so uh, where the choruses are, and you get the refrains, every member of the band joins in. So it goes from a single voice to a suddenly a four-part uh, four harmony, uh, and I'm a sucker for multiple-part harmonies, I have to say. Um, and that album is just fantastic. It's got some of their um, early singles before the happy hour period, so it's things like Sheep, Flag Day is on there. It's got um, the, the, the single, I think for a minute, but a different version, the original album version. Um it is just, it is, for me, a, a great example of a perfect album. It's another one that I put on start to finish. There's no jumping up to move the needle or to, if it's on a CD, to hit the skip button, you know. It's, and yeah, probably yet again, it takes me back to a time and a place. You know, I was, what, 17 when that came out, something like that. And um, for me, what I'm saying, it's a great album. Right, we're going to have one more tune now, and I'm not going to play it and then talk at the end of it, because I'm going to give you the heads up. As I said at the start, there was two two that were going to be played that were just solely music-based. Uh, I didn't want to use the words instrumental, because that isn't strictly true of uh, this last one I'm going to play. It is, in fact, uh, a movement from an, a, a suite... Uh, it was. It took three years to write this uh, entire suite. Uh, it took from 1914 to 1917. 
I believe it was first publicly formed in 1920, so 101 years ago. And uh, the, the tune I'm going to play is uh, by uh, Gustav Holst. It's from the Planet Suite. And I first come across this, this piece of music as a very, very, very young man before I went to secondary school at the age of, uh, at the age of 11. I have no idea why, but for some reason my parents had a copy of this, a, uh, an actual physical record. And this, out of, the eight, eight, out of the eight movements, and bear in mind this was written before Pluto was discovered, so that, that tells you when it was dated. And obviously it's just as well Pluto hadn't been discovered because it's since been discarded, let's be honest. Otherwise Gustav would have wasted some time writing a movement for that. But um, it was... Um, it, this one movement stood out amongst all the rest for me. Always did, always have, and uh, it's it ebbs and flows. It has the refrain of uh, Elgar's uh, Jerusalem in the middle of it. It's uh, it. I get it's not going to be everyone's bag. It might not be anybody's bag, for all I know. But for me, it is one of my favourite pieces of music in the last 52 years that I've encountered, so, um, or in the 52 years that I've been around, I'll, you know, perhaps that's a better, better way to phrase it. Um, and from first hearing to this current day, I have not tired of it, and I cannot see I will ever tire of it. So um, that's about it. This is the end of the uh, podcast. You've heard 11 tunes. You're going to hear one more. So far, we're at 1 minute 13. What's going to come? We're going to be a little bit shorter than average, and I've spoke a lot more than normal. I am racked with nerves, as you can no no guess tell by the the errors and the stuttering and God knows what. So, um, as always, like... Um, share if you've enjoyed it Uh, if you want to get in contact I'm on social media on Facebook I'm on Instagram I'm on Twitter and um, hopefully you've enjoyed it and uh, I'll see you all and speak to you all in a week
Yeah, yeah, yeah. 